here is the deal for today. Uh, Brian is uh, not joining us. Uh, his son is having a pretty major surgery today. Uh, and so he's at the hospital. Uh, he, he messaged me. He was uh, going to try to jump on the call, but uh, they, you know, just dealing with all the stuff at the hospital. So uh, pretty major surgery, nothing, uh, you know, not an emergency or anything it was all planned, uh, but it's a significant kind of thing. So keep him in your prayers if you would. Uh, but we are going to talk about preaching today and uh, specifically preaching live and online in 2021. So uh, the downside is it's just me the whole time. It's just a monologue. And so we'll, we'll do some Q&A. Uh, go ahead and throw your questions in the Q&A, not the chat. Uh, remember that. Uh, so I want to give us a little bit of an, uh, a reminder of what we're doing during the series and where we're headed. So uh, Brian and I have uh, started working together on Pastor Guide, and uh, we thought, man, we think 2021 is going to be a super interesting year, and uh, we are, uh, are, are feeling like, man, guys need to be prepared for a hybrid year, right? There was no way to be prepared for 2020. It came on us like flash. I mean, there was probably a way, but not for us pastors. Uh, and and uh, I know for us here in Seattle, we have not met in person since March 3rd. And we just made the decision that we are likely not going to meet the rest of the year. Uh, we're planting a church in Capitol Hill, right in the middle of uh, Seattle. And, uh, and the governor here just restricted us even more. And so we are likely not going to meet. Uh, this year, which means we lost nine months uh, out of our first year plus of our church plant uh, and have had no live services. So it's been a challenging year um, and we had no real way to plan for it. But that's not the case for 2021. We have all kinds of opportunity to plan. And I don't want us to miss out on the chance to be ready uh, for what is going to be a, a very interesting and I think transitional and hybrid year. So I want to talk about preaching, but I also want to give you just a little bit of heads up. We'll talk about this a little bit more uh, again at the end of the day. But uh, next year, Pastor God is going to be making a little bit of some changes and changes that I'm really excited about. Uh, we are going to be doing monthly interviews with national level leaders that we'll bring in that you guys will have a chance to do some Q&A. Brian and I will lead some Q&A with them. Um, we are going to start doing series. Uh, and so rather than each week of Pastor Guide being, you know, somewhat kind of random or just relevant to the moment, um, we're going to do like an eight week preaching series that will go into real depth on um, what it looks like to preach well and how to prepare and what, what are some things to be thinking about and looking for. We're going to do a six to eight week series on personal management and planning and scheduling and how you can kind of optimize your schedule and life for greatest impact. We're going to do things on leadership development. We're going to do things on annual planning, similar to what we did uh, in that one week. We'll do that six to eight weeks um, later in the year so you can begin to think about an annual plan for 2022. Uh, so uh, that's what's coming up. And then every month we're going to have kind of an AMA style, uh, AMA, meaning uh, not MMA, uh, ask me anything relevant topic to what's going on in the day and it'll be more Q&A heavy. So really excited about plans for Pastor Guide uh, for 2021. Uh, it's it's going to be good. So we are talking about preaching today. And here's, here's my contention to start. Um, uh, preaching has never been more important 
and it has never been more central to your ministry than it is today. Here's why. And I, and I think even more so in 2021, and Brian uh, agrees. If you are late to the call, Brian's not joining us today. He, his son is in surgery. Uh, it was planned surgery, but pretty major surgery. So uh, keep him and his family in your prayers, but it's just me today. So um, here's why I think preaching is uh, super important and, and maybe the most important thing in your ministry right now. It is the thing that most people are engaging with in your church, right? And I know you all are all over the country, various states that have different kinds of restrictions and regulations. Um, but still, um, the, the data shows that preaching is the number one indicator of what makes people choose your church. In fact, um, a, a recent study I saw with uh, Barna said that 70% of people choose a church based on the preaching. Okay, and that's a recent study. So this is very relevant, still true. So I, I've been in ministry for about 20 years. And at the beginning of my ministry, I heard, man, preaching's dying. It's all about dialogue. It's all this other stuff. Man, that is not the case. That has never been the case. And I don't think it's ever going to be the case. But especially now, while so many of us are still doing online service, or at least uh, a, a hybrid situation, where even if we're doing some live, we're still doing online stuff. Um, that, that preaching is the thing that most people are seeing in your ministry right now. It's the way most of them are connecting. So what we want to encourage you to do is to spend the time and the resources to be great at it, okay? I'm convinced that preaching has to be your number one priority in your ministry. There are three main things that I think every lead pastor should be prioritizing. Uh, vision, leadership development, and preaching. I think in 2021, preaching is going to be of massive importance, and I think you need to spend the time and the resources, not just to be good at it, not just to get better, but to be great at it. Like, why not? Why not set that as your goal to be great at preaching in 2021? So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you just a couple of categories of thought. Ways to think about preaching in this upcoming year. I want to talk about um, uh, how to improve uh, your uh, kind of live and online preaching. I want to talk about different sermon series ideas and things that I think are going to be relevant for 2021. And then I want to talk about multiplying the impact of your sermon. So I want to start by talking about how to preach to live and online audiences. Okay. First, um, no matter what, and I'm going to let you kind of translate this into your own situation. So I'm going to give some principles. You translate it. I'm not going to give, well, if you're doing this, if you're doing this, you, you get to do that work. Okay. Here's, here's my first thought. Uh, address each of your audiences specifically and directly. Okay. So if you are uh, doing, you know, standing up to deliver in a live situation, uh, but you're recording it for an online audience or you're streaming to an online audience, I want you to address those two audiences directly. So, hey, it's great to be with you here live, man, we've missed you, or it's just great to be back in this habit. Um, but I know a lot of you guys are still online because of, uh, you know, because of uh, uh, restrictions you have on your health or fear or whatever the case may be, man, we're glad you're here online as well. When you do that, look directly into the camera, try to make eye contact. Contact, uh, with your online audience so they feel valued um, because right now everybody feels their opinions really strongly 
Uh, we are dealing with this in Seattle. I'm sure you're dealing with it where you are, that the people who want to meet and think you should be meeting live feel it very strongly. And the people who don't want to meet and don't think you should be meeting live feel it very strongly. So what I want you to do is engage both of those audiences really directly, affirm the decision of both of those audiences, um, and, and just know like, hey, you're here to serve, and you're going to serve people live, you're going to serve people online, uh, but engage those audiences directly. And I would say this, um, for uh, points you're making in your sermons that are particularly relevant to your online audience, um, uh, call that out right? Say, hey, you know, for those of you who are at home, I think this idea is relevant for you. And, and look directly into the camera, deliver that moment, that point to those people through the camera, even to, you know, the, to, the, to the point that you're kind of ignoring the people in the room, um, make that point directly to the camera. And then obviously vice versa. If there's some, uh, some kind of point you're making that is particularly relevant to the people in the room, make that clear as well. So you're really speaking to two audiences. And here's why that's critical. Because I think if we don't do that, we do neither well, right? We do both kind of good. And I would rather you kind of shift back and forth because I think both audiences understand what you're doing, but shift back and forth between engaging your live audience directly and then engaging your online audience directly. And you know, there's gonna be times where it's a little bit of both and hybrid, but when it makes sense to engage those audiences individually, do so strongly and directly and unabashedly. Okay, and even, even to the point that you're ignoring the other audience, okay? Big picture, just be thinking about your audience and your medium. Don't just keep doing what you've been doing for the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, depending on how long you've been preaching. Think about it clearly. There are different challenges to this situation and there are different opportunities that have never been presented before, right? Like the, the challenges are probably most obvious to us, right? The online experience, what I, what I keep saying to people is online squishes, right? So it squishes your dynamic range, it squishes your volume, it squishes your expression, okay? So you gotta get bigger, right? So that's, that's a challenge of the online thing. Um, another challenge is attention span, right? So when you're in a live situation, you're sitting in a pew or in a chair and your mind wanders, you don't just get up and walk out. But when you're on your couch in your living room, you pull out your phone, you check Instagram or whatever, your attention span is unchecked by environmental factors, right? And in fact, you're, the environment of the online audience is almost completely out of your control. So there's kids screaming, they're running around, maybe they're watching it in their car, on their phone or on a bus or whatever. You don't have any control over that environment. And that's a real challenge. But there are some opportunities that this online thing presents for us. One, people don't have to be on time right? You're not starting your service at any particular time. If your service lives online, and I would encourage you to make it live online, then they can show up at 10.05 to the 10 o'clock service. They can show up at 11, at 12.30, on Tuesday, whatever. They don't have to be on time. And so uh, I, I know that a lot of our families um, get derailed early in the morning, right? Like a 9 a.m. blowout of a diaper or something, and all of a sudden they're skipping church that Sunday. Well, that's not the case anymore. So that's a real opportunity. 
One, another opportunity is something I've used a little bit, but I kind of want to use more is graphic effects in my sermon, right? So uh, I preached a sermon some weeks ago where um, I was talking about idolatry and how we don't make idols anymore like the, like the Jews did in the Old Testament. And while I said that, I looked kind of deadpan into the camera and we put up a picture of an elephant and a donkey. Uh, you know, there's, uh, we, we put a picture of Russell Wilson and, you know, like different uh, sports figures and pop celebrities and this kind of thing. You could use graphics to your advantage in a way that, you know, is, is much harder to do, if not impossible in a live setting. So that's an opportunity. And then multiplication of the impact of your sermon is an opportunity. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. So here's what I want you to do. Here's your homework for the next couple of weeks when it comes to preaching to prepare. Okay. I want you to watch yourself and, and maybe you're already doing that and that's great, but it's so painful to watch yourself. I'm not saying it's painful to watch y'all. It might be, uh, but it's certainly painful to watch yourself. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to watch your online sermon. Um, if you're, I'm coaching a guy right now for his preaching and I asked him, send me a, a clip of you preaching live and send me a, a clip of you preaching uh, just to an online audience, because I want to be able to see both. How do you respond to both? How do you change uh, each? So here's what I want you to do. Watch a couple of sermons. And here's what I want you to watch for. Write this stuff down. I want you to watch for how does it sound? Okay. Um, what's the sound quality for the experience of the people at home? And I would say this, if you listen to your sermon and go, oh, that sounds all right. I don't know. Go and watch uh, the sound, go watch a sermon from a big church, right? Go watch Craig Rochelle or go watch, I don't know who your, your guys are, but go watch a sermon from a big church that has a big production budget and then compare and contrast your sermon audio to their sermon audio. You're not going to have the same resources they have, but your audio doesn't have to be bad, okay? And I, and I want to be honest here to, to say, People are listening to other people's sermons right now. That's just happening. And so um, they were probably not going to choose somebody else's church to, you know, to be a member at because their audio was better. But here's what happens. When, when you listen to bad audio or you see bad video, we're going to talk about that in a second, it just grates on you, right? You've all been in that situation where you're watching a YouTube video or whatever it is. And the audio just gets old after a while because it sounds hollow and echoey and tinny or whatever it is, muffled. So listen to a big church that's got the resources. Then listen to yourself. Is it a lot different, right? Do, is the audio like demonstrably worse? Because your people spend more time each week listening to high quality audio than they do low quality audio. So they're listening to YouTube videos and Spotify and all this all week. And then they turn on the sermon and it's echoey and, and muffled. Man, it's just, even if they're not conscious of it, there's an unconscious like, oh, this is, it just grates on you, okay? And there are really simple ways to improve your audio, right? I mean, it's not hard. Uh, we are a first year church plan. This is why I feel emboldened uh, to give advice because we're not a 10,000 person church with a big staff. We're a first year church plan. But man, our, our, uh, the, the stuff you have to do to make your audio sound good and your video look good, it's not a big deal. It's not super expensive. It's hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars. Okay. So that's one. Same. Uh, how does the picture look when you watch yourself, the framing of it, 
the headroom on the top on a, and on the sides. What does the shot look like? Are you shooting in HD? You better be. If any of you are not shooting in HD, you're, I mean, literally your phones are HD. So uh, you, you look at the framing of the shot relative, again, to those big budget churches. Not that you have to match them. You're not going to be able to match them. But you can learn from them about, hey, these are professionals who know how to make a shot look good. Watch some of those and then watch yours. Is it static? Is it boring? Is it is it cramped? Uh, you know, is it too close? Is it too far? Just look at some other churches and then watch yours and ask yourself those questions. Now, I'm going to get a little personal here. Ask yourself, how do I look, right? How do I present? How, what kind of person would identify with you, right? They turn on their guests or visitor, they've been invited by a friend or they just Googled because they're new to the area. They get onto your online service and they go, okay, what do I see? Who is this person? What do they look like? What are they presenting? What are they, what, what vibe are they giving off? And what kind of person is going to be able to identify and connect with you? What kinds of values are you reflecting? right? Is it really low key and casual? Great. But make sure that's what you want to be doing, right? Is it kind of formal and stuffy? Great. But make sure that's what you want to be communicating, right? Think about the people in your city that you're trying to reach and think to yourself, okay, who is a person in their life that they would respect to listen to? right? Everything about us reflects values. So we can go, well, it shouldn't matter what we're wearing or what our hair looks like or whatever. Okay. But it does. Maybe it shouldn't, but it does. And so you just have to think about what is it I'm communicating with my body, with my, with the clothes that I'm wearing. And is that communication or is, is what I'm communicating the kind of thing that people I'm trying to reach will connect with and, and understand as, hey, this is a someone worth, this is someone worth listening to. This is someone respectable um, that I could follow as a leader and as a teacher. Okay. Now I'm going to get really specific. Uh, when you're watching yourself, I want you to pay attention to where your eyes are, okay? What are you looking at? Are you always looking in the same direction? I remember I was coaching. Uh, I do a lot of preaching coaching. Uh, I was coaching a guy who would either look at his notes or look to his right all the time. And it was here, 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 here. Like occasionally looked forward, but mostly looked to the right. And I don't know who was sitting on his right. I don't know if his wife's over there. I don't know what's going on. But always we would look at his notes and then he would look over here, occasionally here, occasionally here, but almost always to the right. Pay attention to that because you're doing things with your eyes that you don't even know, okay? You don't even recognize it uh, until you watch yourself and you watch for that specifically, okay? So where are your eyes? Are they always looking in the same area? How often do you look at your notes, right? So watch 10 minutes of your sermon and just keep a tally of how many times you look at the notes and, and just ask yourself, is that more than you thought you did, okay? There's no, I mean, a lot of guys are manuscript guys. That's great. That's totally fine. But at least be aware of how often you are not looking at your audience. There is a disconnect, right? I've looked down at my notes several times already, but there's a difference between when I look at you and when I'm looking down at my notes. There's a disconnect when I look down and there's a disconnect when you look away from your congregation, okay? Um, specifically, are you looking at your notes in the most powerful moments of your sermon? If you are delivering um, a, a strong exhortation or rebuke, you shouldn't be doing it while your eyes are on your notes. You should be looking in the camera or at your people. 
if you're delivering a pastoral moment where you know you're trying to to uh, understand or sympathize with what your people are going through do you do that while reading your notes or do you do that making eye contact with specific people in the room okay so when you look at your notes should make sense for what you're trying to communicate you're reading a quote look at your notes uh doing some some context or background information or historical background look at your notes totally fine going from point to point in transitions great look at your notes but man, delivering the most important parts of your sermon should be an eye contact, not notes. Watch yourself. When are you looking at your notes and is it more or at different times than you would have expected, okay? Watch yourself at two to three times the speed if you can, even if that's just kind of like scrubbing the bar across. Try to watch yourself quickly and watch for your body's movement. Okay. We have a lot of guys who are rockers and you don't know this, but you spend most of your sermon doing this. Now it's not that fast in real life. It's kind of this, but man, you're that, that becomes like this, uh, kind of unconscious thing that people get lulled to sleep. It's like you read some of the psychology around this stuff and you go, Oh my gosh, what we do with our body really matters. Um, some of you guys, if you watch yourself on uh, fast motion, you'll realize you do this. You don't move at all, right? The whole time, you don't move at all. You never come out from behind the pulpit. You never, you never move to one side of the stage or the other. And so being able to see what do I do with my body? Um, and do I ever leave home base? Do I rock? Do I do, am I, are my hands all over the place, right? Like, what am I doing with my body? Um, that's easier to see when you're watching yourself in fast motion, okay? Now, here's another one. Listen to your voice and play the audio, do so with the decibel meter next to the speaker, okay? You have it on your phone or on your watch or whatever. Like, it's easy to get a decibel meter. Listen to the sermon with the decibel meter there and to, to see what kind of range you have, right? Is your dynamic range in terms of audio really small or is it really wide? That's something to know because that communicates certain things, right? When, you're, when your uh, audio range is really narrow like this, um, it communicates, your voice communicates importance and value. And so if you say, hey, welcome to Icon Church, and you say uh, in 65 AD, and you say, Augustine once said, and you say, I love you guys, and you say, you gotta stop sinning, and it's all the same, what people hear is, all of those points matter the same, okay? And I don't know if they matter a lot the same or they matter a little the same, but they all matter the same, okay? We can communicate what matters in our sermon and what we want people to really hear using volume, using speed, using intensity, using our bodies, using our movement um, uh, around the stage. And if we aren't doing that, people have a hard time because they can't see our notes. They don't know what's bolded. They don't know what there's, you know, numbers by. Uh, they don't know what matters. And so you're kind of just like throwing a bunch of ideas at them in a word jumble. And they're trying to like figure out what matters to them. And I think this is why sometimes, I don't know, I'm sure you guys have all had this experience. I have people come up to me after a sermon and go, oh my gosh, that was so good. When you said, when you were talking about this, it just hit me like crazy. And I'm like, 
uh, I, that was not the point of my sermon at all, right? Like that was sub point four on point two, but because I didn't communicate the importance of this relative to this. Now, sometimes people just get hit by certain things because of stuff going on in their life. I get it. But when we don't tell people what matters using our voice and our body, then they have a hard time sifting through what all that is, okay? And as I mentioned before, online squishes everything. It squishes the dynamic range. It squishes our dynamic movement because we're now we're on a screen and the video just mutes everything 20%. I don't know what the actual number is. I think last a couple of weeks ago, I said, I think it's closer to 50. And I think it's just more than we think. So we got to be bigger, got to have more range, more volume change, more bigger hand motions, all, all the things. Now, I don't want to see all you guys just getting crazy, but it's got to be bigger, okay? Listen for speed, listen for volume. And then I, I'm just going to step back and do kind of a meta thought here is watch yourself and ask, what would a non-Christian think of this sermon, right? If my people actually did what I asked them to do, which is invite your non-Christian friends to church, if they actually obeyed, I mean, crazy, crazy world, right? If they actually obeyed, what would a non-Christian think of this sermon? Would they think, this person gets my world and is answering my questions? Or would they think, what world does this dude live in? I, I don't even know. He's answering questions I didn't even know were questions, right? Like, what would a non-Christian think of your sermon? What would they think about the time and energy you have spent putting into the sermon, to, into the shot, into the audio, into the video, into all the things we've talked about, right? What would a Christian visitor think? And how would they respond? right? There's people moving all over the place right now. They're moving into your town. They're looking for a new church. If they see your online service, what are they going to think? I think it's a really valuable exercise to just watch your message, watch your whole service, but particularly your message and ask yourself that question. What is a visitor going to think of this? How will it hit them? And, and don't, don't get, it's not qualitative, like they're going to think it's good or bad, but they might think, uh, oh, wow, this, they care about their city. Or, wow, he's really smart. Or, wow, he's really passionate and energetic. He's really pastoral. I don't know what it's going to be for you. But it's important, I think, for us to know, like, hey, this is likely the vibe I'm giving off. And, and to be able to watch it yourself, I think, is really important. Um, all right, number two, and we're, we're going to wrap this up quickly and get to some of these questions that are already coming in. Again, uh, hit the Q&A uh, with your questions if you have them. Okay. I want you to be able to multiply your sermon impact. This is going to get really practical. And so I want you to write this down as well. This is really easy uh, and really practical. If you're not doing this already, this is a really easy way to use digital media to multiply the impact of your sermon. So one, make your sermon easily available the entire week and ideally in the same spot that you want people to go to for your live online experience. So we use the um, Craig Rochelle's uh, uh, church, uh, church.live or live.church, whatever it is, uh, uh, online platform. So we want people to go to live.iconchurch.org and that's our online platform. Well, that's also where my sermon lives throughout the week. So I get a little bit of a double dip there that throughout the week I can push people towards the online platform and then they may, they at least know where to go at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. when we run our services live. But then also when people um, are, have to miss service for whatever reason, they know where to go. It's really easy because it's where they go for the live service. So let, 
your sermon, at least, if not the whole service, live online in the same location all week long. Now, take two to three clips from your sermon, 60 to 120 seconds, one to two minutes. Take, take a couple of clips that are your big ideas or your most passionate moments or a great story or whatever it is. Take two or three of those clips, cut them out of the, of the service um, and post them on Instagram with a little caption that's just a, a, a content hit from throughout the rest of the week. So if you preach it all on, sermon, uh, on Sunday and you're gonna do three of them, drop one Monday, one Wednesday, one Friday, just a little clip of the sermon, a little caption that just goes, hey, this week we talked about this or, or pastor so-and-so told this great story about that or gosh, this is something I needed to hear this week, right? And it's a, a, like a, a powerful moment in the sermon. Okay, so do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Then take two lines, like a, a great one-liner, maybe ideally your hook for the sermon uh, or, or your, your kind of main point. Uh, take one line and one quote. And I, I joke with my staff, I call it millennialize it, right? Find a great background, put the text over the top of it, put that on Instagram Tuesday and Thursday, okay? So now you have a content uh, plan that, that you can run every single week that requires no extra work, right? That you've got a Monday through Friday, really Sunday through Friday, because Sunday you're doing stuff promoting your services. You've got now a Monday through Friday, you've taken one sermon, multiplied it into now five extra uh, kind of outward facing social media content pieces, okay? So a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, short video, a Tuesday, Thursday, a, a, your one-liner and your best quote or something like that uh, from the sermon. Pop that up there, little caption. It just is a, another touch point with your people who are more online than they've ever been before, drives them back to Instagram. It's easier for, easy for them to share that. They, their friend sees it that they share, they click on it, they go to your service. I mean, it just is a way to multiply the impact uh, of your sermon. Last idea, if your blog, uh, this is super easy. Take your, what is probably three points from your sermon, turn it into three blog posts. Super easy. Point one, turn that outline. Or if you manuscript, it's even easier. You're just editing it into a thousand word blog post. Uh, take your three points, blog them. Take two points, blog them. Take one, whatever. And just, just putting that content out there that constantly reiterates the, the idea, gets that, uh, that idea, that content in front of your people again. Because if they just hear it on Sunday, and they got nothing until the next Sunday, they forget. I got it. I couldn't hardly tell you what I preached on uh, this last Sunday, right? Um, but that that daily touch of like, hey, remember? Hey, remember? Hey, remember? We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. That is such a helpful way to multiply the impact of your sermon. And then lastly, I want to give you just a couple of sermon series ideas, okay, for this year. Um, and this is stuff that I've seen out there, stuff that we're doing just ideas of stuff I think topically could be really helpful and relevant for uh, this year. One, mental health. I, I think uh, the mental health epidemic that we were already dealing with is only being multiplied right now, okay? The, the isolation, the quarantines, the COVID fear, all of it, the political stuff, racial stuff, all of the stuff that's happened in 2020 has only heightened the need for the church to talk about mental health issues. And the gospel has, and the Bible has really 
great resources for dealing with things like anxiety and shame and isolation. We're doing uh, our leadership podcast. We're dedicating to mental health. Uh, we're doing a little sermonette series through Instagram Live uh, and Instagram stories uh, about mental health. Man, I think mental health is going to be a big deal. Two, um, conscience, right? This, is, this was something somebody said to me, and it would not have occurred to me, but I thought, gosh, right now, so many of the things that are going on around us are not explicit biblical issues. They're conscience issues, right? And yet conscience is not something I know I have preached a lot about in my time, um, but is something that I think is a really helpful and relevant uh, idea, biblical idea for helping communities work together and be together in times of division. So preaching a series or at least a couple of sermons on how to, how to think about conscience and the difference between biblical mandates and our conscience. Um, another one, pluralism and how to get along in a diverse society. I think that's especially relevant in this political climate. Um, navigating the world of social media and the internet and fake news and how to tell what's the truth and how to be Christian online. Uh, I think that's pretty relevant. Spend just a little bit of time on Twitter and you'll realize people need to know how to be Christian online. Um, conflict resolution and group dynamics. Uh, I think we're seeing that in our community groups. I'm sure you're seeing that too, where people with different, uh, different beliefs about COVID or different convictions politically um, are, are splintering. So we need to talk through how do you do good discussion and disagreement in community and why that's actually a good thing and a valuable thing. Most importantly, this is the number one thing, preach on the gospel. That's what people need the most preach the gospel. Um, the, the solution to all of these problems is the gospel. So you got to start with these topics and address the questions that are relevant to people, but then the answer has to be driven back down to that gospel level. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the articles that Tim Keller wrote this year on, uh, on race and racism and critical race theory, um, really helpful resources. But what occurred to me while reading them is he just brings everything back, even racism and cultural differences back down to idolatry and the gospel and the ways in which we are trying to earn our righteousness and earn our salvation. Uh, it's, it's really good stuff and just is a great reminder of at the end of the day, our people need to hear the word of God addressing very real topics in our world, but, but being driven back to the solution that is the gospel. Um, here's the short version of all this, and we're going to get to some of these questions. Get better, get better, read the books, get the resources, get the training, get the coaching. Get what you need to get better. Preaching is arguably your most important contribution to your church. There's no reason why each week you shouldn't be spending half an hour getting better at preaching, not just prepping your next message, but actually getting better at preaching. There are a ton of resources out there. And, uh, you know, pastor guide is just one of them, but, but I would encourage you make it a goal this year to continue to improve your ability to preach and communicate. Don't just keep doing it. Okay. Uh, I think you guys are doing great. And, uh, I just want to be an encouragement to you to keep pushing harder. So, all right, let's get to some of these, uh, Q and a Nate Downey says, 
Pastor Guide MMA sounds pretty fun. <laughs> Brian is older, but seems like a crafty fighter. Uh, super true. Uh, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go against Brian in anything, uh, let alone uh, MMA. All right. Question from Thomas Smith it says, "How do you maintain excellence in preaching across a team with different styles, skill levels, and experience?" What percentage of the time do you recommend the lead pastor preach? That's a great question. Let me address that second part first. I think the lead pastor, this is just my opinion. I know people disagree. I think in order to be seen as the leader of the church, you need to preach at least half the time. I think 26 weeks a year is the, is the bottom end. Unless what you're trying to do is a true, true, like, group team kind of vision where you're giving up that point leadership, which I don't recommend. But if you're doing that, okay, split it up however you want, a third, a third, a third. Um, I think once you get past three primary communicators, it gets really hard and feels really jumbled. Um, I think the ideal, if you're doing a team, is that one, your strongest communicator is doing half the time, and then the other two guys are doing a quarter of the time. Or you do a half, a third, and then just a few for like developmental uh, kind of spots or special kinds of things. Um, to, to address the first part, how do you maintain excellence in preaching across the team? Um, I'd say a couple of things. One is you're not all going to be the same, and that's okay, right? You're going to have guys who are more gifted and, and, and skilled and have more experience than the other guys, and that's okay. Um, I would be honest about that. I mean, I think some of what I, I think is unhelpful rhetoric around the team preaching stuff is, hey, let's let's equalize this and go, you know, just because a guy's better doesn't mean he should do it more. And I go, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all, right? Like we wouldn't apply that logic in other areas, right? Like, well, we've got this community group leader and he's terrible at it, but we want to be equal. Like we wouldn't do that, right? So um, utilize the gifts God's given you. And, and I, I think by utilizing them, you actually honor the gift giver by going, wow, God chose to give this person a communication gift uh, that exceeds these others. Man, let's be thankful for that and utilize that, right? So don't be afraid to kind of be honest about some people are just going to be better at it and that's okay. Um, the goal has to be everybody's getting better. Now, um, I would suggest, and this some people will disagree with this, I would suggest um, that if you take the skill and ability of your best communicator, your best like consistent communicator, who I think should be your primary, nobody else should preach that isn't at least 80% as good as that guy, okay? And this is for a number of reasons. The most important is it's protection against those other guys. Because if, if you get a guy who is a really strong communicator and then someone who's just learning and they're like half as good, it's going to be harder on the new guy. Okay. Because it's just going to feel really bad. So that there, there's challenges inherent in that. Um, but I, I would set guys up for, for success by not letting someone preach who is in at least 80%. And, and how do you judge that? It's qualitative. You got to figure that out. But I think that's a good rule of thumb to go the guy's not 80% as good as the primary. Um, I would find other areas for them to communicate and develop so they can get better and beat that guy. Okay, uh, from Eddie Zaldana, what is better? Just record preaching or record worship and preaching together? Uh, Eddie, that's a great question. I think if you have the ability to do it separately, that you should do it separately. 
because they're different things that require different audio mix that require different dynamics in the room and environment. Uh, and so I would do it separately if you can and piece it together, right? Like we kind of think about um, our services, our online services, almost like uh, a sketch show or it's like Saturday Night Live or something like that, where it's like different segments that we are producing. And then we're just tying them all together in a coherent liturgy. So we shoot everything separate and then just tie it together. And I think that's the best way to do it because your music setup and acoustics and, and audio mix are going to be really different than um, a, a benediction or a scripture reading or a sermon or something like that. So I think splitting it up is, is better. Okay, Chris Moran says, how do you increase your quality with a few hundred dollars? Thanks. Good question, Chris. Just Google it. Uh, honestly, uh, just Google um, what does, you know, pick your favorite podcaster, right? So I literally did this the other day because I listened to our podcast and the audio sounded echoey to me. And so I, I Googled what microphone does Joe Rogan use? Maybe that's too much of a confession in this context, but that was my question. And I got the answer. It was a sure SM58 or I don't remember what it was, but it gave me the answer. That information is out there. So just Google, how can I improve my audio? How can I improve my online audio? Uh, what microphones should I buy for a podcast? What microphones should I buy for an online church? There's a ton of websites out there and blogs doing really good work just going, hey, here's a system that you can use. Um, but I would say in general, step one is acoustics. That is the most important thing. So if you need to put up heavy drapes in the room you're recording in, bring in mattresses, right? Like acoustics is the most important thing and the easiest way to improve your audio for cheap. Uh, getting a good microphone is probably second. Um, and, and like Joe Rogan's microphone was 300 something dollars. So you can improve your audio for hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars. All right, Ross Appleton. Uh, how about some broad principles for effective weekly sermon prep? Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a uh, just a straightforward pitch for Pastor Guide. <laughs> we are gonna be doing a series on preaching uh, starting in January in Pastor Guide, and uh, we are gonna talk in great detail about a sermon prep process that I use that I've coached a ton of guys to use. Uh, and so we're going to be doing that in the first quarter of 2021. So uh, sign up for Pastor Guide and you will get a very specific uh, uh, breakdown of what it looks like uh, to prep a sermon on a weekly basis. Uh, all right. And then last, TC Taylor uh, and Andrew Barlow just saying, what's up? Uh, what are some of your favorite preaching resources and books? It's great. As always, as Brian says each and every week, uh, it's not one book, it's a hundred books. So uh, I have a whole shelf full of preaching books. Uh, Keller on preaching is really good. Andy Stanley on one point preaching is really good. Uh, the big idea is really good. I, I firmly believe in one point preaching because I don't think most communicators have the ability to, to communicate well more than one point. And most of our audiences cannot understand more than one point. So big believer in that. Um, 
And then uh, I, I'm working on something uh, because uh, one of the things I would say is there's a lot of great, I mean, obviously Brian Chapel on Christ Center Preaching is great. So what I was going to say is there's a lot of really great resources on the theology of preaching, on the history of preaching, on all those kinds of things. There's not a lot of great resources on how to preach good, <laughs> Like how to preach good sermons, how to be really excellent with your voice and your body and your structure and, and how you do those things. Um, and so I'm working on something that, that might fit that, I hope would meet that need. Um, and actually that is what we are going to be piloting in Pastor Guide is a much more practical approach to how to get better uh, at preaching. So stay tuned for that. That was my shameless plug for Pastor Guide 2021. Uh, here's the deal. I just, I think this is helpful. I, I don't think, like I have never not had a coach in my life because I just believe in the power of coaching. I don't think I can figure out on my own how to be great at my job. I need people's help and I wanna be great. I wanna be better at preaching, at vision, at leadership, at all the different things we're supposed to be doing. And you just can't get better on your own. So we need help. We need coaching. We need pastor guide. We need consulting. We need all this stuff to help us. And that's what we want to do. So next year, as I said, we're going to be doing interviews. We're going to do, be doing series that are uh, kind of consecutive building uh, ideas about preaching and leadership development, all these different kinds of things. We're going to be doing kind of uh, uh, relevant uh, cultural questions uh, with, uh, with, uh, the ability to ask a bunch of questions, uh, that's going to be a big deal. So that's, that's next year. So sign up for pastor guide. We're going to give you a discount on the very last week of this little fall series. So stay tuned for that. Um, next week we are off because it's Thanksgiving and we want you guys to have a happy Thanksgiving, but in two weeks we will be back. Brian and I will be back and we're going to be talking about money, money in 2021, how to spend it how to invest it, what to save, what to spend, what to spend it on, uh, how to get more of it, uh, as, as hard as that might be to say. Uh, we, we need it. We need the resources. So we're going to be talking about money in two weeks. So we're off next week. You'll get a reminder. Uh, we'll be back on in two weeks. So thank you guys. Uh, really good to be with you today. Thanks for putting up with just a Justin monologue this week. And uh, Brian will be back next week. And so we will see you then. Have a great week, guys.